0: Well, this week, as I said, we are in the middle of a series called "We Are Gathered." Last week, we looked at the idea that we gather as God's church for encouragement. So we are encouraged through our times together in worship. We are encouraged, hopefully, through our times in in teaching and learning together. We are encouraged in the fellowship we share. We are encouraged when someone serves us, and we're encouraged when we serve others. And and so, and it's not just. Again, sometimes we, the, the modern idea of church, when we say we go to church, the world thinks of, and sometimes many in the church think of this, this time slot on a Sunday. Maybe two times on a Sunday. I'm really holy. I go to church twice on a Sunday. Or maybe we add to it. I go to a small group as well. And so I do three things at church. And again, that, that's in part of what church is. But again, we, we we encourage and we gather because it's actually who we are. It's actually our identity. And so the church is the church even when the doors are locked on this place. Do, do you realize that? That we are God's church when everyone goes home and I'm shutting up and then I'm going home. And, 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 and the thing is, sometimes our, our minds can move quickly from church on a Sunday. Especially, anyone do something special for lunch after church on a Sunday? Sometimes, like maybe you have, like I know sometimes we'll have a hot chook for lunch. Um, anyone anyone here in Australia do roast, have a, a roast cooking right now that you're thinking about? You see that on the TV every now and we got to get home from church because dinner's in the oven. Um, fish and chips, okay, well that sounds actually... <laughs> yeah, okay, now my brain's gone way sort of on the wrong place. But, but the thing is like, but the thing is sometimes we go, "Oh yeah, and we, but we get to that special thing after church, and everything that happened at church leaves our brain, like um, it can be a bit like that. Um, maybe for some of you younger people, you're looking forward to getting out of the, the restrictive clothes that you may have put yourselves into, that you can't get dirty, and go off and do whatever you want maybe get to homework that needs to be done, but no, there's Xbox, there's TV, there's books to read, there's bikes to ride. And so again, we, we leave this place, and if church only existed in this moment of time, the church will always, always be ineffective. But if the church understands its fullness, that that we are in existence at all times, the importance of gathering becomes it needs to happen, not just in this moment. It needs to happen in this moment, but it needs to happen more. And today we're talking about the idea of gathering for rhythm. Now, some of you may be fearing this because you think he's going to ask us to dance, okay? Like, I would be afraid if some of you were dancing, okay? Like um, um, but, but the thing is, no, it's not about dance. It's actually about the flow of 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 life and i suppose it's the flow of life of the church um and in that we'll be talking about habits habits are one of those things that can be very important in life um put up your hand if you've got it like if you know someone you don't have to tell them who who's got a bad habit um anyone know someone who picks their nose okay okay um Keep your hand up if, no, it's not, no. no. Uh, anyone know, like anyone who got any other bad habits that they want to share of, of, doesn't, you can you can sort of choose anonymity. You can sort of say, I know someone who has, just don't point to that person while you're saying that. Um, anyone have a habit of, like, and you can have good habits here too. Anyone have a habit of actually being super clean? Anyone sort of fall in that category? Because uh, if anyone did, they could come around to our house um, and help out. Like um, Some people have the opposite habit of being super messy. Um, some people don't go, they, they have actually poor sleeping habits. Um, um, some people have poor exercise habits. Some people have regular exercise habit. They go to the gym or they go for a walk, same time every day. Some people have a habit of reading. Some people have a habit of watching too much TV. And so there's lots of different ways that habits can form in our lives. And the thing about habits, oh, there's a quote here, um, Habits are our brain's way of increasing efficiency. Our brain turns daily actions and behaviors into habits so that we would do them automatically and without too much thought, thus freeing up our brain power for other more important challenges. This strategy of our brain has a wonderful benefits for us. It allows us to function better in life. Just imagine if you had to consider and ponder every single task or reaction, you'd be exhausted. So for most of us, we, can, we, we know what to do when we pick up some butter and some bread and a knife. We just do it without thinking. Now, you might go, my children don't do that without thinking. I've got to tell them to, to do that stuff all the time. Um, but there are some things that we do automatically. And so they become habits in our life. Um, and now, good or, or bad, habits are powerful um, in the fact that it's it, they're hard to shake off a bad habit. And it takes about 66 days before a new habit takes root. Now, you may have heard it's about three weeks to actually introduce a new habit, but it takes three times as long for that habit to take root to become an integrated part of your life. So sometimes you've got to work really hard to develop habits that increase your effectiveness in your life. Now, part of it is, is due to the reward aspect of your habits. If the reward is really easy to get, then you actually find that doing that habit is really easy. So if your habit is eating lollies, the reward comes quite quickly. And the sugar buzz, the lollies go, oh, that that was great. In fact, I'm going to do that habit again right away. Other habits about not eating those lollies and maybe eating that celery or broccoli instead, they become harder to ingrain. But again, over time, we find the rewards of those are beneficial to us because habits follow cravings as they seek rewards. And I suppose in saying that, as we look at the church, do you crave healthy, God-honoring relationships with others? Do you earnestly desire consistent and powerful prayer life? Are you hungry for a deeper understanding of the word and the teachings of Jesus? Do you look for ways for, to use your gifts and to serve with the body of Christ? What would your faith look like if you crave fellowship and communion and worship and prayer and service? How could a healthy rhythm of gathering in fellowship with other believers help you to develop the habits of faith that maybe you've been wanting and craving for so long? So the, the early church knew something about gathering together um, that churches and community faiths have been modelling themselves on for hundreds of years. And we still see this, I suppose, for the first time as the church in Acts 2. Uh, it highlights uh, several things that were specifically devoted to doing whether they gathered together and and as the passage was read before um we we see this back in um uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship of breaking of bread and prayers so if you heard these are the four things and i'm going to add a fifth one teaching fellowship breaking of bread and prayer i'm going to add a fifth one which is actually serving together or service the early church devoted themselves to these things. So they devoted themselves to teaching, which is learning, fellowship, which is gathering together, breaking of bread, which is communion and prayer and service. And we're going to look at this in a couple of weeks time more, um, I suppose, implicitly. But service is something that is important as as we come together as well and to do together as a church. And it's an important rhythm for us to happen. Because if we look to serve, we actually look to to use our gifts for the benefits of God's kingdom. If we fall into the habit of where we go, what's in it for me, we go along to church to get our needs met. And and the thing is, it's a bit like the lollies in church, a lolly idea that if we looked for our needs to get met, you might have that church that meets our needs. And just like if you eat some lollies, you want to eat more lollies, you eat some chocolate, you want to eat more chocolate we kind of become very needy Christians. I've had this need met, now I want this need met. I want this need met, now I want this need met. And all of a sudden, it's about me all the time. But when we look to serve, when it becomes one of the habits and one of the rhythms of our lives, all of a sudden we are looking to the needs of others. We are looking, asking the question, what can I do to bring a blessing to someone in this church? What can I do to serve God through this place? What can I do to use my gifts? Now, when we look at this, as I said before, it said the early church devoted themselves. And the word devotion is a powerful one. It means to consistently show strength, which prevails in spite of difficulties. To consistently show strength, which prevails in spite of difficulties. Anyone? Do you know anyone around you that when something gets a little bit hard, they give up? Like we, we we talk a lot about resilience and in kids these days and and sometimes like kids like they try really hard to get something done. Other kids they give up really quickly. I think us as adults at times have the same problem. There's, there are certain things, like day one of diet, fail. Ah. Oh. I got I got to ten o'clock. I tried really really hard, and then I, I walk past some chocolate at the shops, or there was I could smell the, the, the takeaway, or or maybe you walk past Bunnings and that a sausage sizzle going, and you went that did me in. A, and and so we don't we are not consistent, but here it's talking about being devoted, going. We're going to show strength in spite of the difficulties we face, to endure and to stay in a fixed direction. The church was unwavering in their commitment to gather together for teaching fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. In fact, a few verses later in, in, in Acts 2.46, we see the same word used and the passage said they continued to pers- um, they continued daily in meeting together. As a comparison, I want you to think about something that you are absolutely committed to doing every day in your life? What's something that you do every day in your life? Something that has become such a deeply ingrained habit, it's just part of who you are. The thing you are thinking about, this is the kind of the thing that, that has unwavering devotion, consistent rhythm will do in your life. Is this the kind of habit you want? If you wake up every morning and check your Facebook without even thinking about it, that's the habit you've got in your life. Is it the habit you want, though? Can you learn a different way of doing things? What rewards do you get from this habit? So I want to break it down into these five habits as which become important for the rhythm of the church. Firstly, looking at teaching. For those who teach in any form, like again, we're not talking about school right now, but we're also we're more looking at the idea of learning coming to church and being gathering together to learn. Now there are different ways of learning in the church. We have different um, ways that they can happen, and, and and part of it won't even happen within these four walls. It may happen in your bedroom at home when you open up God's Word, um, learning, but it also happens as we come together and learn God's scriptures. Um, and share about them learning takes time and it can be difficult like and as much as we want to get to the end point as quick as we can it's it can take a long time and for those who have been a christian for a while i'm assuming you would agree with me some of the things that you have learned from god you've had to relearn some of the things you may be learning for the first time and you're saying well why didn't god teach me that to begin with and the answer is probably you were not ready for it that there are things that I've learnt long way into my Christian walk and I'm going, that was not really on the first few chapters of my life and I was not mature enough in my faith to take that on. And so what I've come to realise is that when it comes to learning from God, yes, it's, it's, it, there is important to, to learn, but it's not going to end. I will be learning from God up until the day that I die um and and so if you feel you have learned everything from god it's nice knowing you like um, um but basically god is wanting to still teach you things god is wanting to show you new things as you come into a new season of your life god is going to want to teach you more and more um the reward in this though is a deeper understanding and knowledge especially of who jesus is and how he works in our life um and I, I am sure that there wouldn't be any believer if you were asked the question, Do you want a deeper understanding and knowledge of Jesus Christ, none of you would say, Oh, no, that's I, I want I want that. That's those are the things I want. Like it's it's when you sort of get that everyone cornered in that, that point, look like pretty much like you are right now. You're all cornered, you've you know the right answer. You may not want that answer all the time in your life though. Um and so it's something that we've identified as a church. We've realized that over the past couple of years, one of the aspects of our learning um, has been sort of really not doing so well. We've got areas that have been going well. We've got each Sunday, we have our kids go down to Sunday school. That's them coming together to learn. And so as a parent, it's important for, for you to go, hey, I've got to be here so my kids can be learning and growing in them. For our youth, we have the opportunity, every um, Friday night that we gather, we we have something we call youth chat, um, and we, uh, at the present time, we are going over an overview of the Bible. It's very, very quick. We've we've had three weeks so far. We've covered Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, And so looking at the major themes, looking at what God is doing, looking at how they all connect together, so that our young people can learn how to read the Bible more effectively. So we, we're not only teaching them information, we're giving them tools so that they can grow and have a deeper understanding of Jesus Christ. The area we've been lacking over the past few years, our engaged group, have really been a bit hit and miss. As a church, with COVID come on, it's sort of it's been hard to find time. It's hard to be able to gather together. And so we're going to be, over the next few months, we're going to be sort of developing um, leaders up so that next year, there are going to be multiple groups happening so we can come together for the express reason to grow together with God. It's not about how much you know. It really, if if it was about how much we know, we would study the Bible so well so that when we get to heaven, we can pass the test. There is a, a guy that I've, I've I've probably numerous that I've known in this situation where their understanding of scriptures up here was not great but down here was brilliant they lived out their faith and they lived it in a in a simplistic way but they lived it in a full way if it was about just knowledge some of you would be doing great some of you may not be not pointing any fingers but but the thing is it's not just about knowledge it's about the knowing and understanding of christ as well and so when there is opportunity for you as the church to be able to come together with others for the express purpose of growing together with God, your, cho- your choices are, not no, not this time, I don't need that. Which means, again, you might be reading your Bible at home, that's great. But we're talking about this being a rhythm of the church and about gathering together. And so it's important for you to be a part of those times. Not just to learn... But to add to the learning, and even following church every week, we we we, we gather for morning tea. It's a it, I, I enjoy the time, enjoy the conversations. And some I'm assuming some weeks, some of you will be talking about what God has been doing in your life. Sometimes we've just been talking about what is happening in our life. Sometimes we're talking about what's happening this week in our life, or what what's what's on TV this week, or what's playing in the footy this week you know we have an opportunity to actually learn from one another in the same way? This is a great opportunity in testimony when it comes to the church because if God has done something amazing in your, your week and in your past month and you share that with another, it grows someone else's faith. I think sometimes we, we have the mindset that everyone's got to learn it for themselves. And that's not the idea of church that God sort of started. It was that we are in this together. And so we have the opportunity to to be able to to grow with one another. The other thing that um, again um, we've started doing this amongst some of our youth. We're actually um, doing some of our devotions together again online, um, but it's a way of us sharing and and, and 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 our understanding of scripture. It's a way of us um, asking questions of each other, and it's a dev- it's in development. It's we're we're doing it. I want to see it improve, but we we started it. Maybe that's something you can do grab one other person saying, one, I want to help you keep me accountable with God's word reading this week. I'm going to share what God has been teaching me and I want you to share what God has been teaching you. I oh, hear some verses that have stood out to me. Here are some verses that, and that can be sent via text. It can be sent via email. You can jump on the phone. And for those who are coffee addicts, you can catch up for coffee and do that as well. There's nothing stopping you from going, oh, we're not at church, so we don't talk about God. But at times that does happen. I've been in, in ministries where as soon as you say the word amen, God is, is surprisingly absent because that was the God bit. This is the fun bit. That's, that's the way it works in our head. Some of you may think that when I finish the sermon, he said, amen, the food's coming, okay, God we will catch up with you next week. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can continually learn and grow together in doing that. For me, this actually leads into the next area, which is fellowship, the idea of gathering together. For me, my greatest friends that I've got to know over the years are the people that I can talk about absolute nonsense one second and be talking about God in the next moment. Because why? Because God's the part of all of life. It's not something that we go, "Oh, this is the moment to talk about God, and now we don't have to talk about God. There's no walls up. God becomes part of every situation um, and becomes a joy in sharing about it. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, we learned from Acts 2.46 that the early church was devoted and steadfast in meeting together daily. Now, I'm not going to say that we need to have a formal service every day. I think that would be a lot to ask of everyone. And, um, and, but I would encourage everyone to think about getting together regularly in fellowship with other believers. Now, again, as a church, we have some of this that is flowing in action that you can actually just connect in with. For those who are over 60, we have our hours ministry once a month is is there for you to gather together, to enjoy relationship, to talk about God, to talk about life, even to be on mission together because you get to invite your friends along and be a part of that time. For our men... We, we gather once a month and there's a, coming up next Saturday night, if you haven't grabbed a flyer, we have a fire and not fire night at our place where we're going to gather around the fire and we're going to be men of God together and, and talk about what God has been doing in our lives, share a meal together and share some great conversation. Now again, if we want to be people that are committed to, to rhythm, we, we actually make a choice and say, I'm going to be there at that time. I'm going to be a part of that fellowship. Now, for some of you, it might be difficult. It might be, oh, I'm, too, I'm busy, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit shy, or oh, I'm a little bit reserved. But the thing is, again, we've got to think about the church and the rhythm of the church and say, I want to be part of that. I want to see that life of the church flowing. We say see the same for the women. Uh, usually once a month, there's something happening for the women to connect to. And there's times of sharing in between. Our youth gather fortnightly, our engaged groups will be will be up and running next year, and then we have every Sunday every Sunday we gather together explicitly for the purpose of worshiping God, learning from him, and doing that together, which is fellowship that doesn't stop all the other times that we can share with others um. For those who are at our AGM, we um, we find that over our holiday periods, a number of people can be away, and so we end up doing this big morning tea. There's lots of leftover food, and so we've come up with an idea. So, if you weren't there, this is the idea: that on those weeks, so the first, so the upcoming holidays, which is not that far away, the first two weeks of the school holidays, is going to be just a cuppa. If you want to stay and have a chat after church grab a cuppa, grab a bickie. um we're not going to be sort of feeding you a three-course meal, which is what we get sometimes out there. But in saying that, so you can still stay to fellowship, but in saying that, there was another seed planted while this was happening. If you're just having a cup of tea after church on a Sunday, you've still got room to fill. You've still got like belly space left over. And so wouldn't it be great as a church? We went, okay, well, we're not staying for an hour to have lunch or, I mean, morning tea that feels like lunch um, after church. We're just staying for a quick chat, a cuppa together. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invite someone, maybe a couple, maybe a family, maybe just someone by themselves to come over for lunch after church. I'm going to be intentional about bringing fellowship. Now you go, oh, I can't invite people to my home. Okay. We're the church, we love each other. Invite yourself to someone else's place. Oh, I'm serious. Like, um, like just I won't be here that time. So if you invite myself to my place, bring your own food and your own key to get in the house. But but the thing is, I'm 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 serious about this. If we are intentional about coming together, we make the most of those opportunities. And again, it's not just it can be a time where we get to know people better we get to know their story we get to know um, how God is moving in their life and trust me I know when you are in a in a position where you are in all together with other people you will get to know them and so that's coming up in a few weeks time so like I think it's about five weeks you've got five weeks to think about who can I invite over for lunch and again, it's two weeks you've got the choice of doing You might be really brave and go, I'm going to invite different people over for both weeks. Some of you are going, that's crazy. I'm only doing it one week, Keith. That's, that's all I'm going to commit to. That's great too. Some of you are going to go, I'm going to get a free feed both weeks. Who can I go to? Whose place can I go to? Okay, well, you might be asked to bring something. But again, be intentional about that. Have a think about people that haven't, you haven't seen for a while or you don't see all the time. Invite them along. You know the benefit of inviting them and then getting them to commit to lunch? All of a sudden, they've got to come to church first. They'll be here with us, and then all of a sudden, they'll go to your place, and you can share about what God is doing. It's a practical thing that we can make the most of. Third, we look at, we look at the breaking of bread, which is looking at communion, which we've done together today. Communion is incredibly important, and, and the early church was stubbornly devoted to breaking bread together. And it actually increases. It mainly is talking about communion, but it's also talking about the intimacy that we share together when we have a meal with other people. It kind of flows into both. When when you look at the Gospels, especially the Gospel of Luke, there is an emphasis on sharing a meal. Because, again, and we live in a day where a meal is often what we pick up through going through a survey or going through Macca's. It's not really a special time at all. But if you spend time cooking food for someone then you sit down and you share and and have that it becomes a sacred time and and so we actually see in 1 corinthians 11 23 to 26 and the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way, he took the cup saying, the cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For when you, Whenever you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So communion is about remembering Jesus. But sharing a meal together becomes that intimate thing that we can share that as well. In communion, we share about his life, his sacrifice, his body broken for you and me, his blood, the marker of a new and final covenant between God and man. His death and resurrection, his promise to return again for his church, these are realities for the believer that we simply cannot forget. And because communion is 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 done with others, it follows that we celebrate remembering Jesus together. In the same way, when we come together as believers, there is an expectation that we, as it says, when two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus is there with them. And so when we gather as believers, when we gather for a meal as believers, when we gather as coffee of believers, as we do an activity with other believers, Jesus is there with us. Are we talking about him and doing that? Here's a few questions you can ask as you come together with other believers. Maybe it's someone you don't know so well and you ask the question, how did you become a Christian? It is actually a privilege to hear people's testimonies. And and it's a great place for us to start as we grow together as a church. You can ask, how is God working in your life this week? What's your favorite Bible verse and why? How can I pray for you? You imagine having a meal together and amidst all the conversation you have, you ask these questions. I love hearing the fact that people are praying for me. If you want to pray for me, go for it. If you want to tell me, that encourages me to no end that you are praying for me. And so when we ask that question of others saying, hey, how... And then the following week you go, hey, I was praying about that for you. How has it been? To know that you are cared for that way actually really builds relationships, really builds rhythm. So... Being able to come together around this table and being able to come together around other tables becomes really important for us to gather rhythm as a church. It bonds us together in ways that are unbelievable. Finally, not finally, but next I want to look at the idea of prayer. Simply put, prayer is an exchange where we make our requests known to God and God receives them. We could do an entire series on prayer alone, um, so, but I'm just going to keep this section short, it is a gift to pray with others in our community. There is a power when we pray together, when we make our requests known together. And again, it, it goes beyond, as you, as you start praying with other people, prayers get bolder, prayers get bigger, prayers get more, I suppose, in line with God's will. And And it's not just about going through a list of needs, um the the prayer notes that are out today it is talking about all the people that are sick and you go well that we do that all the time but if you are sick can you gather together if you are sick does it interrupt the rhythm of of being God's church together yes it does and so we're praying about the rhythm of, of God's church and so if people are sick if people are injured if people are in pain it prevents them from coming together and so we have the opportunity to be able to pray with others In fact, when we look at prayer, prayer is actually often sort of spoken about in a plural way. And when Jesus was was talking in Matthew 6, 9 and 13, it says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What's the pronoun used in that one? Our and us. It's not I and me. It's not give me my needs. It's give us. Jesus is saying, when you pray, you will be praying in spirit. You'll be praying in person with others for these things to come true. Many of us are familiar with this prayer. we would probably be able to recite it really easy. Um, in fact, a lot of people that don't go to church sort of know most of the words or some of the words can mumble along. Uh, I was at a funeral one time and it was done by a celebrant. And so the celebrant had in his order of service to do, do the Lord's Prayer, but he, he found out that I was attending and said, would you be willing to do the Lord's Prayer? Because it'd probably mean more coming from you and you probably mean it. And I went, okay, I, yep, I can do that. And, and I knew the people that had gathered there I knew how many of them had probably been to church. Probably some of them hadn't seen a door of a church in person for quite some time. And yet when we came to the Lord's Prayer, they they knew it. As a church, do we we look over that, that our and us idea? It's about us coming together to pray. So again, Sunday mornings, we have an opportunity that we can be intentional about coming together as God's church and praying. Now, I, I understand the rush of a Sunday morning. We've, we've got people out here practicing music. Sometimes I'm included in that. We've got people setting up our kitchen. Some of you have these little people in, in your house that don't do anything to help you get to church. And some of you have maybe adult children that could be called husbands that don't do anything to help either. But sometimes we need to go out of our way to be intentional about coming together and praying. Oh, but I don't like praying with other people. Okay, I want to be nice about this, but but at the same time, I've got this real urge to say, get over it. We are God's church. Come and just be silent and pray together. For those who are, who are regularly part of our prayer time uh, on a Sunday morning, we, we normally have some little people there. Josh and Archie will join with us. And the funny thing is, like I think Naomi and Ben can understand them most of the time. Um, some of us don't understand them any of the time. God understands them all the time. And so as they offer up their prayer to God, I'm going, this is awesome. They are having a habit of their life of gathering with other believers and praying. Let's let's do that. Let's have that habit include in our life. So if you can't get here on a Sunday morning, If you own a device, so if you own one of these, a phone, if you own a laptop, can you give 45 minutes on a Tuesday night to gather together as the church? Press a button on your computer, press a button on your device to come together and pray. I'm going to be doing it sitting in a car waiting for my daughter to finish dance. That's where I'm going to be doing it. You can do it in your lounge room. Please don't be sitting on your toilet and doing it, okay? It's going to be weird for everyone. But you can find a space where you can come together and we can come together as a church and we can pray. We can pray for the health of those people in our church. We can pray for those we haven't seen. We can pray for those friends in our lives who don't know about Jesus. We can pray for our country. We can pray for our leaders in our country. We can pray for issues around the world and we have the opportunity to bring that all before God every Tuesday night. It needs to... To have action. Now, also, this is one of the things. Don't be worried that, oh, we're going to overload our system. We can have up to 300 people online at the same time. Okay? If we get 300 people, I'm thinking I'm going to be a bit worried because I won't know some of them. But it's important for us to actually decide and be intentional about doing that. There is power, power when we pray with one another and when we are committed to praying together, when we come together in that way. The last area I want to look at um, today um, real quickly, and I I didn't add this to begin with, but I, as I thought about it, it actually is a really important one, and we'll, we'll expand on it in probably in a couple of weeks, but it's actually the idea of serving together. Um, again, part of the Western idea of church is that we are sort of a transactional. I come to church, you give me what I want. And do you know what? I've read the Bible all the way through, It doesn't mention that idea, that concept, that principle at all. The church was about people coming together and and being the body of Christ and serving with one another. Now, do you ever think of your own body as a team? Like maybe when you're younger, your your team works well together. Um, As you get older, some in your team... Don't want to sort of come and you You feel like saying, "Anybody, come on, we're all on the same side." Instead, like we we struggle to get sit up in the morning in our beds. We sit up, we stand up, and all of a sudden things creak and crone and crack. Or all of a sudden, like the words on our page are like a little bit blurry. We can't hear the people that are around us. Some of you may relate to that, but the thing is, our body is meant to be on the same team. And this is the metaphor that God uses is is that we are called to be the body of Christ with Christ as our head. And and in Ephesians 4.16 it says, he, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Part of the problem at times is that Our church body can be like maybe our aging physical body where we kind of say, hey, guys, we're all on the same team. Let's work together. And we have a knee that doesn't want to work at all. We have our hearing goes on holidays. Our eyesight can't be bothered. And then all the other pains that are associated with it, shoulders, backs, like everything else, digestion, everything comes into it we we need to be able to sort of commit to serving with one another and again this could be a ser- sermon on its own we each one who are called to the body of Christ have at least one gift to serve him with we have ways that we we look to the needs of others around us and uh, we see it in the early church that they didn't count things as their own they they gave to one another around them they supported one another um in Proverbs 27:17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, this is part of the problem. When you go to sharpen stuff, you do that, that thing where you, you sharpen it. Some of us have the idea of sharpening and motivating. We actually use the pointy end. Going, go on, you should do something or you should do that. Okay, imagine getting the pointy end of a, a knife or something. Most of us don't like that. Like, I would say all of us, but I just don't know all of you that well. But the thing is, the, the, most of us don't like getting the pointy end of something. We don't like sitting on a, a needle on our couch. We don't like getting sharp a prickle in our foot. And so we don't want the pointy end. We want that sharpening. And so sometimes we come alongside people and say, hey, we can do this together. We can serve together. Hey, would you like to help me out with this? Hey, I, I think you're really good at this would you like to do it some more and again we have plenty of opportunities around the church there might be a brand new opportunity that you don't see that is happening and you go oh i'll wait till pastor keith says we can do something about it i may not think about it for a long long time and so this year we've had a couple of ministries that have started up through the ideas of people in our church it might be something small that you want to do it might be helping out in an area that no one else is doing at the moment There are things that each one of us can do to serve. And, and and again, as we start serving together, we start looking around and going, hey, look at what God is doing through us. Look at what God is doing in this area of our church. And we, we celebrate this area. And then we look at this area and we go, oh, look what God is doing here. And all of a sudden... You might have someone who goes, I'm going to start inviting my friends along to church. And we have one new person and two new people and three new people coming along to church. And all of a sudden, the idea dawns upon you. goes, hey, I could do that too. I've got someone. And you may not invite as many. You might only invite two. But they come to know Jesus and praise God for that. Each one of us are called to serve together. To serve as God's church And to see his kingdom come through what we do. Now, again, you may serve in the kitchen. You may serve in a a specific ministry area where you're leading and you're up in the front of people. You might sort of come alongside and and sort of say, hey, what do you need me to do? I'll do. You might be gifted in with cars and you might be gifted with building. and, And again, as opportunities come up, I've often thought about different things that as a church, opportunities around us that we could do as a church. We have our meat works that is not far from us here that often they have people that English is not their first language. We could have a night a week that we, we intentionally sort of get people to come along and, and get to know us as we teach them how to, use, to speak and read English and engage them in the life of the church. We've started doing that in other ways as we've connected with the school and we, as we connect through our young people and it's great to see our young people inviting their friends along to be a part of this. It's going to be better when we see our youth starting to come along into this space and being bringing their families along. Be praying. Our next youth event is going to be what we call it the battle of the generations. And it's going to be a night where our, our young people are going to form smaller teams, but we're going to invite their parents along to actually compete as teams as well and to see which generation is the smarter generation. But all of a sudden, we have an opportunity to get to know the parents in a deeper way. There are different things that we can be doing as a church that reaches out beyond what's in this time frame. So, as I wrap up today, last last week we spoke about that in Hebrews ten twenty five that some people have developed the habit of not meeting together, and so. I want us today to actually develop the habit of meeting together for the purpose of fellowship, for the purpose of learning, for the purpose of communion, for the purpose of, of worship, for the purpose of serving, for the purpose of prayer. Let us be a church that intentionally develops a habit so that we can get those rhythms happening in our church to see, to see God answer the prayer. And as God answers prayer, we learn something more about God. And as as that happens, we we serve God in new ways. and, And then we have something more to pray about as we try new things. Let's be a church that develops the rhythms, holy rhythms in our life, holy habits that will see God's kingdom come in effective ways. Let's just take some time to pray this morning. Lord, give us wisdom today to identify unhealthy habits and strength to change them. Give us sweet fellowship with others this week as we practice the rhythm of gathering together. May we continue, as we spoke about last week, to encourage one another. But may we also, as we gather, come to the place where we are wanting to fellowship and worship and learn and pray and have intimate times of communion together and also come together as a team, come together as a body, and seek to serve you with the gifts that you have provided us. Lord, let us see the importance of us being present in one another's lives and enable us to do so. We pray this in your name. Amen.